I knew that I would have to pay it back. I didn't think about, well, what are my household expenses going to be? What do I need to live? What is rent going to look like? What are the groceries going to look like? How am I going to cook for myself? None of this adulting stuff. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Welcome, my grown-up friends. Adulting is not easy. We know that. But we do tend to not really publicly admit exactly how hard it is, especially financially. This is an important episode with someone who is going to help us see how and why it may make sense to get more candid about, well, just how hard things can get when it comes to money, especially early in life when things are still in transition. Maybe we need to be more honest and more vulnerable and think about why it could really make a difference in our communities. Before we get to the interview, I do want to welcome everyone, including newer listeners. We share impactful money stories from financial grownups, high achievers here on the podcast, role models that we can all learn from. They also share the lessons that they learned from the experiences and the money stories that they tell. This interview with Plutus Foundation founder, Harlan Landis, is kind of the opposite of a keeping up with the Joneses story. It's about tuning in to how other financial lives really are and cutting yourself a break. Also, just making a plan that doesn't stress you out or keep you from living your best life. Yeah, I said that. Here is Harlan Landis. Harlan Landis, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. Many people know you as the founder and the brains behind the Plutus Foundation. Tell us a little bit about what that does. Sure. Well, the Plutus Foundation is a charitable organization that supports the independent financial media community, financial bloggers, podcasters, people who create video series, all of these people who share their stories and help the world with their finances in these unique ways. And we help them because they want to put together programs that support their community offline as well. We want to give them the resources and some support, financial support and moral support and social media support to make those programs really unique and really effective in their communities. And very needed now, probably more than ever, we'll have information at the end of this podcast about how to get in touch with you and learn more about how you can get a grant from the Plutus Foundation. But before we go there, I want to tap into your money story. It has to do with you were working for a nonprofit earlier in your career and your own finances were not doing so well, but it does have a happy ending. Tell us your money story, Harlan. One of the things I was interested in was arts management and being part of a nonprofit organization. So that's kind of where my career trajectory went after college. Here's the issue with that, though. Uh, There's not a lot of money in that. And I came out of college with uh, a fair amount of student loan debt, not as much as students coming out of college now, that's for sure. But it was a sizable amount. And the role that I had was not a very lucrative role. It turned out 
that I was spending more money just to go to work than I was earning, including my small amount of rent, including paying for food and all of my necessities. I just wasn't coming out at the end of the month with more money than I had at the beginning of the month. And had you been taught anything about personal finances before? And when you took out these student loans, were you fully informed? Didn't And did you fully understand what you were in for? Did you know the math ahead of time, I guess, when you chose this career path? I knew that I was going to be in debt. And I knew that that was expected when you go to most colleges and that it would also be expected that you would get a job afterwards and start paying it back. The details, though, and the specific numbers, those weren't things that I thought about, or at least it wasn't imprinted into my brain at all. I just knew about these concepts of debt. I knew that I would have to pay it back. I didn't think about, well, what are my household expenses going to be? What do I need to live? What is rent going to look like? What are the groceries going to look like? How am I going to cook for myself? None of this adulting stuff. Okay, but then Harlan, ignorance is really bliss because you're kind of living your life and the debt is slowly building up. But then this is where it gets interesting. Yeah. So as I was going and completely ignoring things, ignoring the money, ignoring my responsibilities, moving from one apartment to another, because of so many speeding tickets I got, because my commute was so long, I was on the road a lot. Those speeding tickets were ignored because I I had no money. Found out one day, driving to work, got pulled over, and my car was impounded because apparently... I I had all of these speeding tickets that never caught up with me because my address changed so much and I didn't update the DMV. So many things going wrong in my life. And that was just the start of it. I also lost my job. I also lost my apartment. And I also lost my girlfriend (laughs) all within the same six weeks or so. So this was not a good place for me to be in. So what did you do? You actually did something that not a lot of people were doing at the time. What year was this about? Oh, this was about 2001, 2002. A couple of things happened then. I was lucky enough that my parents, my parents had been recently divorced. My father was still in the area. He had just moved in with his girlfriend into her house in New Jersey, and they offered their basement up. Uh, well, she offered her basement up. And uh, so I was able to get settled and get focused and uh, find a new job that didn't involve needing a car, public transportation, and get started on the right path. I found some information online just about managing my money because that was that was something that I sat down with my dad and we determined that I needed to make a budget. So I started getting really into it in the nerdy way that I would. And I started writing online. I started a blog. Now, I had written blogs before. I had been writing on the internet since basically 1994. So I had a lot of experience writing online. And I decided to write a blog just to focus on what I was learning about when it comes to managing my own money, about investing, about saving money, about using banks and using credit cards and doing all this the right way to help myself rather than put myself in a worse position. Finally, I was starting to look at my numbers and figure out what I could do to make them better every month. And it became a daily thing. I started off this blog called Consumerism Commentary. And the first post was basically a banking statement. I showed all of my balances in all of my accounts, all of my debt, and just laid it all out there. And I did this anonymously and said, I'm going to do this update every month. I'm going to post here about different articles and things that I'm learning about money. 
really, I was doing it just for myself. I didn't really expect people to read along. Most of the time, people who wrote blogs uh, would just do it for their own journaling purposes and didn't care if they had an audience. Some didn't even have comments, and didn't build communities. But at the time, I just wanted to focus on how am I going to get better? If anyone wants to read this and join me on this journey, you're welcome to. But I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to do it anonymously. But you're going to know everything about my finances. And we're going to figure all this out together. And then the recession hit. Suddenly, everybody was looking online for great information about how to save money, how to invest. All of this information started getting really, really popular. Blogs started getting a lot of new readers. Newspapers with their websites started looking at the financial blogs as a model even for their own columns that they would publish online. And it just created this great relationship between bloggers, even some podcasters at the time, and the more traditional media. So it was a great time to be out there and be a part of all this uh, building of financial content that would go on to help so many thousands and thousands of people. But it also became a self-fulfilling thing because your efforts to get yourself out of debt and create your own financial security, actually, that blog, you were able to sell it eventually. Tell us what happened. Sure. So probably a year, maybe a year and a half into having the site, I decided to put some ads on the website. There were not a lot of ads on blogs before that. And around that time, I was like, well, maybe I can put AdSense on my blog, these automated ads. Maybe it'll make some money that will cover the cost of hosting the website and give me some satisfaction for the eight hours a day I was putting into writing content for the website in addition to my eight hours a day at my day job. And it didn't take too long for this to build up. Of course, when, it, uh, like I mentioned, people became a lot more interested in what was going on with, with people writing about money through the recession. Companies, advertisers started getting a lot more interested in getting in front of all of those readers around the same time. So the revenue potential for the website grew pretty quickly. And I was able to grow that to a point. And I was also looking at the landscape when it comes to earning money online through blogs, when it came to working with different advertisers. And I saw that there was some risk around 2010, 2011. And I became interested in offloading some of that risk by taking advantage of the success that we had through the website and seeing if there would be any potential buyers. And there were several, and I was able to sell the website and uh, that was after it was making, um, it was it was earning a significant amount of income for me. I was able to quit my day job and it became such of a source of income that I figured if there's any way for me to offload this risk, it would be best for me at that time. So, so that's why I sold it. Interesting. And what was your plan at the time when you sold it? Were you going to retire? Did you always want to create some kind of a nonprofit? My mom had asked me when I was, I don't know, maybe a teenager or preteen or something. She said, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And I said, well, I'd, I'd start an arts foundation. That's kind of what I said. I don't know. I probably didn't even know what I was thinking or know what I was talking about at the time. But I was like, you know, I want to support the arts. I've always been a supporter of the arts. And um, I worked in a music nonprofit after graduation in college. Uh, and I'm I'm back doing that now as well. But instead of starting an arts foundation or a music foundation, I decided to 
take what I had been doing the past decade or so and turn it into a way to support the community that I helped build. That is why I took the Plutus Awards and turned that into a part of the foundation, the Plutus Foundation. Now I'm doing kind of what I said I would when I was thinking about what I'd do if I had the right amount of resources. It's a little shifted, although I am also spending a lot of my time back in the music field working with a drum and bugle corps that tours the country in the summer when there isn't a pandemic anyway. (laughs) So I'm doing everything I always wanted to do, and I feel really happy about that. I love that. So what is the lesson for our listeners from that story? So the lesson that I have is, well, first of all, people talk bad about passions these days. And they say, well, yeah, it would be great to follow your passion, but your passion has to be marketable. Um, I was able to make (laughs) things work. I got really invested into the whole idea of sharing my stories about money and my money issues. And I was so passionate about it. And I made other people passionate about it. And I found a way to make that work. Even though when I started the website, it was never about money. That wasn't even a factor. But like you said, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It just, it became the solution, or at least part of the solution to my need to at least support myself. So that was good. So yeah, that's an interesting lesson that I like to share that's a little different than everyone else. You also brought with you an everyday money tip. And I like this because it has to do with mindset. Yes. What I would love for people to do is to talk out loud. I was able to write about my details, my financial details, and I shared it anonymously just to make it so that yeah, I was more protected in case in case I wanted to ever look for a job again. Mm-hmm. Uh, my salary numbers, they, they wouldn't, you know, I don't want prospective employers to find out some details about my life. So I kept that anonymous, at least to start. I was as transparent as I could possibly be sharing my income numbers, sharing my debt numbers, sharing my account balances, and sharing the truth about the decisions that I make every day, not being afraid to be vulnerable. All of these things can help you so much. We don't have to hide behind our numbers, and we don't have to shy away from this idea of talking about money. The more you talk about your situation, and that can be just talking to people in your life or putting it out there online for the world to see and for you to be absolutely 100% vulnerable. That and will you not can be anonymous. You can still be anonymous if you choose. You can do an anonymous blog. Absolutely. And you can be totally anonymous. You can put your name out there, whatever you want to do, whatever you're most comfortable with. It's just more about the stories and the truth and letting people know that they're not alone in their situation. And that is so important because we all look at ourselves. We see that there's no one like us in the world. Of course, every one of us is unique. Our situation is unique, but there are so many things that we have in common. And if more people would talk about it, then it would be so much easier for everyone to feel less alone. And they can see that there are other people who have gotten through whatever issues they have or are in the process of getting through it. And we can all join together as a team and solve some of those problems for ourselves. And we can solve issues in the world as we come together as well. And your Plutus Foundation is part of that. It's sort of the extension of this. Tell us more about what the Plutus Foundation does and how its relevance is is frankly, growing um, during this economic hardship time. 
Yeah, I think absolutely it's growing. We're adding more and more programs right now because we see that people want to hear about certain topics. And while we can't get together in person right now as we're recording this, we have shifted some of our plans. Now, some of the things that we do include getting financial writers, speakers, podcasters, authors, everyone together for great events to help them figure out how they can make a bigger impact on their audiences. So we had all of these events scheduled for this year, and we've had to postpone some of them. But we've also added these webinars into what we're offering. You can find these webinars online. We do it on Facebook Live. We use Zoom and other video conferencing tools so that people can get together and we can talk about important money issues. We're doing one this week on unemployment. Unemployment's been so difficult to get for a lot of people. They're, they're struggling, making sense of the system. And we've got some experts that can explain to people exactly what they need to do and why it's not too late to apply. And tell us how people can be in touch with you, especially you also do grants for people. Absolutely. So we offer grants throughout the year. These grants are for mainly members of the financial community who want to put together events in their communities. Uh, so we offer these grants and they can find, anybody can find out about these grants and everything else we offer from Plutus Voices to the Plutus Awards at PlutusFoundation.org. And of course, you can also donate. Absolutely. We'd be happy to put anybody's time, treasure, or talent to good use. Thanks so much, Harlan. Thank you, Bobby. Here's my take, everyone. Financial grown-up tip number one. It is okay. In fact, it is more than okay to take a step back. Harlan had a lot coming at him all at once. He went to live with his family as an adult to deal with it. I, by the way, did that myself at age 30 when I was having a really hard time in life. Cut yourself a break. Don't be afraid to lean on those who love you for support when you need it. Just make sure to say thank you. Financial grown-up tip number two. While Harlan was very public about his financial journey, he also maintained his privacy by writing anonymously on the blog. Sharing doesn't mean revealing personal financial details that can invite trouble. Just be deliberate and thoughtful in what you make public. I would love to hear from you how you overcame big financial obstacles. DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 or on Twitter at BobbyRebel. I also would love to invite everyone to join my grown-up list. It is free. Details are on my website, bobbyrebel.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider writing a review. It just takes a few minutes on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate every single one. It helps me bring in new listeners when they can read how it has benefited others. Big thanks to Harlan Landis for helping us all be financial grown-ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.